0: You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. If you're in the greater Boston area and are wanting to grow in your walk with God, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information about our service times. We're excited about our annual 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting starts Monday, January 7th, and will continue through Vision Sunday on January 27th. During these 21 days, we'll have one-hour prayer services every day during the week at 6 a.m. and 12 p.m., and corporate prayer on Friday nights at 7.30. We are believing God to do amazing things in our lives and in our church in 2019. These 21 days are important for laying a solid foundation for the year ahead by putting God first and trusting Him. These prayer services are for anyone wanting to grow closer to God and to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. We've created a prayer devotional written by our pastors and leaders that have specific prayer targets for each of the 21 days. They'll be available at intlfamilychurch.com. Now here's today's message.
1: Today's pretty special. As you can see our, on our platform, we're set up just a little bit different. How many like to do things differently? Yeah, we don't like getting in a rut, and so we're going to do things a little different today. Not that hearing from me is bad, um, but at the same time, we have many communicators here. I'm not just the only communicator. We have many wonderful communicators to the, here at IFC, and so we have asked six communicators, and we're going to give them six minutes each, and they're each going to answer the same statement, and so I would like you to please welcome our six communicators this morning. If they'll please come to the platform. Come on, you can do better than that as they come forward today. This is our church family. These are our leaders and people that are very faithful here at IFC. Um, this first communicator, I've known her for the longest on the, community, on the team today. I've known her over 42 years, and um, she is the uh, mother of two amazing children, the grandmother of five children, five grandchildren, and she is the executive director here at International Family Church. Bless you, honey. Amen, you can, you can clap for her again. Our next speaker is uh, Jason Vera, and uh, Jason is a veteran. Thank God for our veterans, right? Um, He is a former Marine who served uh, two tours in Afghanistan, is married. Yeah, there you go. um, Is married to Kareen, one of our uh, praise and worship leaders, and they have a son, Xander. And Jason is the senior Uh, High Student Director here at IFC, so welcome him, please. We're grateful for Jason today. Next, we have uh, Elizabeth Tatro, our third communicator. She's an MK. Anybody know what an MK is? And MK is a missionary kid, and uh, she was born in Monrovia, Liberia, West Africa, uh, where she served with her parents uh, in West Africa. She's the project director of the missions organization, Living Word Missions. If you know anything about Elizabeth, she is a passionate leader, and she is a junior high student director here at International Family Church. And uh, we appreciate you. Our fourth communicator is Tyrone Callahan, another veteran. Uh, we love our veterans. Tyrone served in the Army and fought in the Gulf War, and uh, we appreciate your service. Thank you, Tyrone. Um, He is married to Deneen, who has faithfully served in the nursery for many, many years. They have three children, um, and Tyrone works for the TSA, uh, so we'd be praying for our TSA agents. Um, We thank God that Tyrone is a tither and an offering giver and believes in prosperity, Um, right? And uh, we bless our TSA agents and he currently serves in our prison ministry here at IFC. Thank you, Tyrone. Our fifth communicator is Suzanne Young. Suzanne is married to Roland, who is our head usher. Uh, She has four children. She is the executive vice president of Lilly Works Incorporated. Uh, She has been a part of our leadership team, a vital part of our leadership team here at IFC, and she serves in the Next Steps team. So thank you, Suzanne. And last but not least, Pastor Josh Roberts uh, is our sixth communicator. You know, he's married to Stephanie. Stephanie is our director of operations. She does a great job. She can actually run the world, I believe it. And uh, she is the mother of, they are the parents of two. And if he looks a little peaked and tired, he has a brand new little baby girl in his home. um, And they're not getting much sleep. Little Emmy Ray, and she's beautiful. And uh, Pastor Josh is currently serving as our family ministries pastor's. Uh, And we're grateful for that. Amen. Thank you. The statement each have been asked to answer is, prayer is powerful when?
2: Good afternoon, everybody. My victory movement for the day is getting on and off that chair without hurting myself. And I just did it for the third time, so... (laughs) wasn't meant for little people. <laughs> prayer is powerful when we pray from a position of power. Effective prayer is not based upon how long you pray, how loud you pray, how many scriptures you use when you pray, how eloquent you sound when you pray, or how fast you pray, or how far you can spit when you pray. <laughs> Effective prayer is based on the fact of who you are in Christ Jesus, who he's made you to be in the position that he has placed you in when you became part of his family. The word position means posture, stance, attitude, a particular place where you've been arranged and stationed. I like that part where you've been arranged and stationed. Jesus has arranged and stationed us in a position of authority and power. In Ephesians chapters one and two, and I encourage you to read those two chapters when you get home today or sometime in your devotion and read them in different translations. It's powerful about the position Christ has placed us in. And it tells us that when God raised Jesus from the dead, he sat Jesus down in a specific position. And that position was right next to him. This position was far above. Everybody say far above. above. This position that he placed Jesus in was far above all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion, It was far above every name that had been named, every title and position ever given. God raised Jesus to a position far above all those things. And then God the Father put all things under Jesus' feet, and he placed Jesus as head of the church, and we are his body. So what does this have to do with prayer, and what does it have to do with all of us? It has everything to do with it. Because God, so rich in mercy, and so intense and generous in his love, that even with all of our shortcomings and all of our sin, he gave us the very life of Christ himself and placed us in a position of dominion and authority. It says that God raised Jesus up. But then chapter 2 of Ephesians tells us, Then Jesus turned to the church, which is us, And he raised us up together with him, it says, joint seating with Christ. He raised us up together with him and gave us joint seating with Christ. I said to the second service, I looked back here at Tyrone and I said, we're going to pretend he's Jesus. Can you all? He's a good Jesus. Tyrone's a great man. And if you look at you know, Jason and Elizabeth and Suzanne and Josh, they're all seated right. right next to him. They have joint and equal seating with Christ Jesus. Now, you need to, posi- you need to uh, see yourself in that position when you pray. That you pray from a position of power, you pray from a position of authority and dominion and rule and might. And when you pray from that place, your prayers are effective prayers because you know who you are you know what belongs to you now jesus gave you the dominion and authority he did his part now your part is to know what he said in his word so you can stand in confidence when you pray amen so god raised jesus up Jesus raised us up and we have joint seating with him. So that position is a high position of power and authority. And I liken it to uh, being on an airplane at the airport. When you're on the tarmac at the airport, it's pretty ugly down there, isn't it? You just see a lot of luggage, a lot of gray and a lot of empty mileage. But when that plane takes off, and you start going higher and higher above the clouds, if you look out the window, the view is different, isn't it? You have a different expanse. You have a different view. You can see the bigger picture. This is how we are when we pray. We're praying from a position of power, and when we remember we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, the view of life is different up there. You're not living a lower level of life. You're not stuck in your mess and in the muck and the mire and the trouble we've gotten ourselves into. Our position is not based upon how good we've acted. Our position is totally based upon his intense love for us and what he did for us to put us in that position. So no matter what you did last night or whatever that was not good. Repent from your sin but stay in your seat. Stay in your seat. You're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus you pray from a place of victory knowing that God's watching over his word he will perform it his word will not return void in your life and everything he said for you and to you and promised you will come to pass because he's not a man that he would ever lie his word is forever settled so let it be settled from you and pray from a position of power amen
3: Come on, so good so good prayer is powerful when we are desperate have you ever been desperate for something uh, I'm we're doing it 21 days of fasting and prayer I am I am struggling for some caffeine please pray for me my wife was like you're angry I was like come on girl I'm, I'm I need my caffeine <laughs> but have you ever been desperate for something and in Matthew chapter 9 verses 20 to 22 we see a story of a a woman with an issue of blood. And she had suffered from it for 12 years. And all of a sudden, she hears about this man named Jesus. And all of a sudden, she just simply drops everything, and she goes and look for them, to look for him. And I have three points of why I think that uh, prayer is powerful when we are desperate. And the first point is because we surrender. When we are desperate, we surrender. I remember finding myself in my car this past year, kind of crying and being desperate. For a a step, a solution, a direction in my life. I did not know what to do. And sometimes, I mean, we're Christian, but sometimes we struggle a little bit. And I was in my car crying, I did not know what to do, and I just went to God in prayer, and I was so desperate, and all of a sudden, I simply just surrender everything to God because I didn't know what else to do. And and in in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says that in my people who are called by my name, if they humble themselves, you know what humble means? It means that you just take your pride and you just put it to the side and you admit to God that you can't do things by your own and all of a sudden you just simply humble yourself and then it says and to pray. Not simply just put your pride to the side and be like, what do I do? No, you actually pray, get down to the word and pray God's word and all of a sudden the, the next phrase that says that and you seek and seek and in the amplified version it actually says that when you, when you seek it means to crave and to require as a necessity God's face. So all of a sudden You turn to God because as a necessity, not because you just need him, maybe, because you really, really need to seek his face. And then you repent from your wicked ways and then he shall heal you and restore your land. So when we are desperate, the first point is we simply surrender. And then all of a sudden we go to our next point. And when the uh, the woman with the issue of blood in Matthew chapter 9, we see that all of a sudden she puts all her things to the side and she goes look for Jesus. And what's so interesting about this story is that Jesus wasn't even paying attention to her. Jesus was actually en route to go to another miracle. And I believe that sometimes, sometimes God is simply just waiting for you on the path of somebody else, and all of a sudden, you just simply need to get to God, because a lot of the times, we distract ourselves with different things in our lives, maybe it's a woman, maybe it's a man, maybe it's some Netflix, maybe it's Netflix and chill, I don't know what you struggle with, but all of a sudden, you just need to put that to the side, and as that woman would issue a blood, you just need to say, excuse me, devil, I'm gonna go get my blessing, and all of a sudden... You get away from your distractions, and you simply focus on Jesus, and that's exactly what she did. She didn't care what distractions were in her way, what obstacles were in her way. She said, excuse me, I'm only focusing on Jesus, and all of a sudden, I found myself, as I prayed, only focusing on God, putting away my problems, and just simply focusing on Jesus, and all of a sudden, you start to read the truths of what God has, all the promises he has, and all of a sudden, your problem is not problem no more. You just put it to the side and said, what do I have to complain about. I can just rejoice in Jesus. I can just simply stay here in his presence and pray. And all of a sudden our prayer turns from our problems and it turns to what Jesus and what God wants us to pray. And we start praying for other people. So your problem just gets this small. And all of a sudden you start to pray God's will in other people's life. And that's the beauty of it. We focus on Jesus. And it's so interesting that as we read the story about her, that she simply, she didn't want Jesus to turn around and heal her. He simply wanted him to touch she wanted to touch his outer robes that was it and for some of you you need to basically stop crying for God's attention of God please help me Lord please 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 and you just simply need you simply just need to say God this is my problem I'm anxious about it I'm going to take it up to you I'm going to give it up to you and I'm not going to worry about it no more and just tell me what to pray and then the third and the final point is where we are more willing to accept what God has to say And with the woman with the issue of blood, she got her healing. He said that go forth and your faith has cured you and you are made whole. And I love to tell you that everything's a fairy tale in our life, but sometimes it's not. And for me, what it was is God showed me the solution but he said, I'm not going to take you out of the this situation because I need you to get through this situation because if not, you're never going to grow. And, and my wife talked about this phrase uh, she saw in Pinterest. We have to grow through where we want to go to. And sometimes the path to getting your blessing and the path, the path of where you want to go, you're going to need to grow yourself to it because if not, you're going to find yourself where you were this year, uh, the same place you were last year, right here, right now. And you're just going to go back to the same problem, the same same little prayer that you pray and the same things. You have to be willing to walk through your situations and to walk through your problems. Are you willing to do that? Because when you're desperate, all of a sudden your prayer becomes from desperate about your problem and it turns to desperate For God, and you become desperate for God, because all of a sudden, sometimes our our prayers are not powerful, because we just think God is just a second option, because we think we can do things by ourselves, just because we got all that money saved up on our account, and you think that you're good all by yourself, no, no, we always have to be desperate for God, whether it be in the valley, whether it be in the mountaintop, we always have to be desperate for Him, and longing for Him, (laughs) always, always, and that is why I think that Our prayer is powerful when we are desperate because we surrender and we focus and we accept what God has to tell us. And my question to you is, are you still desperate for God?
4: So for me, prayer is powerful when we know we aren't alone. I'll be honest, I'll tell him myself, for most of my life, I have struggled with my prayer life feeling like it starts and stops. Maybe you can relate, or your prayer life is perfect. Don't look at your neighbor, just look at me, it's okay. For me, I have felt like my prayer life at different times has felt stalled. You know, those first five minutes when I would start praying, or maybe you start praying, it feels so good, it feels natural, there's a flow, there's a rhythm, and then you hit minute like 11, and then minute 20, and it starts to drift, and at least for me, I would feel like I would start to run out of the words to say. I would feel like I would come to the end of myself and I wouldn't know what else to say. And you know, that really didn't change in my life and my prayer life really didn't start to grow until I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, when I started to learn about this new prayer language that I have, and when I started to practice, instead of spending time focused on me, I focused on the we of my prayer time, and I focused on what was inside of me. And you know, this really clicked, especially when I learned Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And it says that when we don't know how to pray as we should, that the Holy Spirit prays through us and prays the perfect prayer. I don't know about you, but I would rather pray a perfect prayer that is God than a good prayer that is me. And so for me, I started to see this change in my life and change in my prayer growth. And it was like my prayer before, my prayer times were running on like regular gas. And now I was running on like the premium. It was smooth and it was easy. I laugh even, we had the prayer time on Friday. And, you know, they put up a timer of how long we were going to pray. Before, that would intimidate me. And now I look at it, i like, I can do this. Yeah. I can pray. There's an ease now because I'm not praying alone. And this especially made more sense to me when I was a teenager and I was having an issue in my life and a physical issue in my body. And I was having intense joint pain and stomach pain. And I was scared to be honest because I didn't have an answer. I didn't have the solution. And people in my life were encouraging me to pray. It's great when people tell you to pray about something. You're like, awesome, that's great. And for me at least, I didn't know where to start. I had Googled my issues, which is not a good idea. If anyone's ever done that, don't Google your symptoms. I would Googled stuff. I had looked. I had researched. I had tried to come up with a solution. But the issue was that I did not have the answer. But someone bigger me than me did. And so for me in my prayer times, I had been praying out of my own wisdom, out of my own head. But my mom challenged me. We were coming up this year when I was a teenager. We were coming up to a January just like this one with a prayer and fasting time. And my mom challenged me and she said, you know what? I think you need to make this year one thing the one thing that you ask God for, the one thing that you ask God for a solution for. And instead of me spending time praying out of my own mind every day during the prayer and fasting, I would spend time praying in the Holy Spirit, praying out perfect prayers that I couldn't comprehend, praying out things that I couldn't even know how to ask. And a few days into me doing this every day, just a small amount of time, feeling that ease, praying over it, praying over it, I had a light bulb moment. I had this one moment where suddenly something that had seemed so confusing, I had clarity from God on. And I realized that there was a connection. Every time I would eat something that had weed or gluten, I would have this intense pain in my body. You know, my parents never knew that I was gluten intolerant. I never knew this, but someone bigger than me did. And you know, when I stopped being all about the me in my life, and instead I focused on the we in my prayer times, and I started focusing on that prayer is powerful when we know that we aren't alone. And to make this more personal for you today, I don't know if maybe for you, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, but maybe you've kind of put it on the shelf in a sense or put it to the side. I want to challenge you today and invite you just like I was invited by my mom. What is your one thing? What is the thing that this January you need an answer for? That you need a solution? Do you need to know where to go to college? Do you need to know who to marry? Do you need to know what job to take, not to take, or what job to quit? What relationship to change? What person that you need to step away from? Those things that are hidden that you don't have answers? No, you don't have an answer, but God does. So you can keep praying out of your own mind. You can keep praying, but you don't have the answers. And I invite you today to step into the realization that there's something bigger that God wants to answer your questions, answer, give you those solutions. And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, my question also to you is, how long are you going to wait? How desperate do you need to get? Just like Jason said, you know, I got desperate in my own life. You can try everything else, but then you try God. And so my invitation and my challenge to you is, If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, how bad does it have to get? How long do you have to go until you try this option that God has present and available to you today?
5: Prayer is powerful when we are confused and uncertain about the directions our lives need to go. We all at times have those moments where our life seems dark, confused, we're uncertain, we don't know which direction to go. Right. We have those times when confusion comes in our life, but I want you to know that God is not the author of confusion. He wants to bring peace and hope into your life. He wants to lead and guide you in the way that you should go. He wants to bring peace and stability in your life. God is not a God of disorder, but he wants to bring peace and stability. He wants to bring hope in your life and know that he can lead and guide you into all truth. He wants you to get into a place where you know his voice, where you hear him, where you seek him. He wants you to know you are his sheep. He's leading and guiding you and directing you. He said, my sheep know my voice. Another they will not follow. So you are his sheep today. He's guiding you. He's leading you. He wants to make the crooked ways in your life straight. Even when you think you've messed up. Even when you think you've made a mistake. He wants to show you and lead and guide you into all truth. Come on somebody. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14.33 For God is not the author of confusion but of people he doesn't bring uh, uh, disorder in our life but he brings peace what I want you to know is let God let prayer be the very first thing that you step to many times we have situations in our life and we're dealing with people we're dealing with situations but let prayer let praying to God be the very first thing you turn to because in your mind you say I'm gonna answer this way I'm gonna come at him hard I'm gonna give even a piece of my mind but let God let prayer be the first thing you come to because when you you pray about a situation when you pray about a thing God will give you the very answer that you need to respond the right way to respond in a righteous way because he knows the wisdom and the counsel that you need he has given you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him he knows how to direct you it also says that it is his will for us to have clear direction he wants you to have clear direction and we can have confidence in the very fact that he hears us and we when we pray about everything. So this is the confidence that we have. You can have confidence today. It is good news for you to know. You can have confidence and know this, that he hears the very things you pray about. And if you're praying according to his will, you know you have the very things he has desired for you. He knows how to cause that. He is the one that puts that desire in your heart to pray out the plan and the will of God. Come on somebody. Yeah. The Bible says in Isaiah 30 21 New Living Translation your own ears will hear him right behind you you will hear a voice say this is the way you should go walk in it so he wants you to hear that voice he wants you to get into a place of prayer when you feel confused when you feel desperate to hear that voice to know that voice not hear voices on the left not hear voices on the right even if they come from your family but he wants you to know the counsel of his will to feel that inward witness in your heart even when you think that you have messed up, when you've made a mistake, even when you think you've done wrong in that relationship and that relationship is unretrievable, God wants to show you and give you answer called favor and wisdom and counsel to come into your life in that place of prayer. He can turn it around even though you thought it was impossible because with you in your own strength, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. He said, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch your progress. Psalms 32 and eight, he's watching your progress. You thought you were on your own, but you're not on your own. He said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. You are not on your own, he's watching your progress. He's leading and guiding you into all truth. And even when you thought you were alone, he's not. He's working in you because he's trying to work through you. So he wants you to hear from him. He wants you to know his voice. And it says this right here in Philippians 1:6, New Living Translation. I am certain that God, who began a good work in you... He began a good work in you. You need to understand that. He began a good work in you. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He started something good in you. He's going to finish it. Know this. Know surety. You can't finish it because you don't know the end. He knows your beginning and he knows your end. And even though you feel like you're not perfect right now, he sees you in perfection because of the blood of Jesus that covered you. He who began a good work in you will continue that work until it is finished, until the day of Christ. He's working in you. He's stirring some things in you. So don't fret and don't fear when you feel like you're in a place of confusion. When you feel like you're in a place of darkness, he has a word for you. He has encouragement for you. He has strength for you. And you can know that prayer is powerful for you, for me when we are confused and uncertain about the direction that we will go, he will lead us and guide us. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not lack. And he will lead you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Come on, somebody.
6: Prayer is powerful when we have forgiven. I'm not going to sugarcoat this for you guys. Hello, my name is Suzanne, and I struggle with unforgiveness. Mark 11 says, therefore, I say to you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive them and you will have them. That's one of the most powerful scriptures of how to pray and what to believe for. But it's connected to Mark
0: 11:25,
6: And, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, anything against anyone, right, right. forgive them so that your Father in heaven will forgive your trespasses. I had to know why. Lord, why is Mark 11:25 have to be connected to 24? This is what he said to me. He said, Suzanne, it's in the asking, believing and receiving It's in the asking, believing, and receiving. He said, unforgiveness distracts you. It distracts you from asking me. You are so focused on what they did. You're so focused on what they said. You're so focused on this situation that happened not only yesterday, but 25 years ago. You're distracted. Unforgiveness weakens you. It weakens your assurance. It weakens you. It takes you from a place of victory where we stand in, in the position we stand in, because Jesus already did it, to being a victim of either the person, the relationship, or the situation. The weakest place you can ever be in your life is in a place of victimhood. Unforgiveness deceives. It deceives us. It deceives us from thinking that we have any control in the situation, that we have any control in the relationship, when in fact we have all control. We have all control in the situation, and we have all control in the relationship. It also deceives you in believing, if you have not forgiven yourself, that you are not worthy to receive. It's deception. So how, how do I forgive anyone for anything? Anyone for anything. It's, a, it's an act of my will. And the first act of my will is to take my emotions and set them over here. I don't mean ignore your emotions or deny your emotions. I mean that you've got to take them and put them aside for a minute. Hit this thing straight on and say, yeah, Lord, this really, really hurts. This really is so painful. And I can barely believe that this is done to me. It's an act of the will. It's deciding to be obedient. The Bible says that God prefers obedience over sacrifice. So while we stand in these 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're sacrificing a few things, aren't we? But he prefers the obedience of forgiveness over your sacrifice in fasting. I got to remember my authority. It's where I stand. He, Jesus gave me the commandment in Mark 11:25 to forgive anyone for anything. Well, with a commandment comes authority. And I don't know about you, but I like authority. I like it a lot. But with authority comes responsibility. You got to be responsible to forgive. He's given you the authority to forgive. He's given you the power to forgive. You've got to look at the situation and take the authority you walk in and say, I forgive. It's knowing, it's knowing that in some instances, in most instances, you're not going to do this in your own might. It's, it's too much. It's too much. I go to the Lord and I say, Lord, you can see this, can't you? And he says, yeah, I can see it. Do it. Do it. Do it with my grace, Suzanne, do it with my grace. But see, the thing that I gotta get over is I gotta get over the wanting of restitution. See, I want you to come over to me and apologize to what, for what you just said. In fact, I wanna go back 25 years ago and hunt that guy down and go get him. Yeah. I want restitution, but I gotta give up the want. I gotta give up the want for restitution. It's not mine to want. My job is to be obedient and to forgive. And it's remembering what he did for me. I have been forgiven freely. So who am I to hold back what I've been forgiven? Who am I to hold back to somebody else what has been freely given to me? So what do I get out of all of this? I get a lot of control. In any situation I could walk into and I'll go back to when the devil reminds me of what somebody has done to me and I take control over it. And I say, no, I forgive. Because I want the power of God in my life. I want the power of God in my circumstances. And I want the power of God in my relationships. And that means that we gotta forgive. And then I get freedom, because every time I set somebody else free, I get free! Every time I let you off, I get off. Every time I release you, I'm released. And lastly, I get confidence because I can walk boldly to the throne, ask what I want, believe and receive that I get it in Jesus' name. Prayer is powerful when we have forgiven.
7: Wow, wow, wow. All right, I to take a deep breath. A deep breath. <laughs> prayer is powerful when it's consistent and it's intentional. Yes. The power that comes to us comes through consistency and intentionality with our prayers. For a long time, I was frustrated in my prayer life. Lord, why aren't you doing for me what you're doing for so-and-so? I've been saying this and believing this and asking this, why, what, when, how? You ever been frustrated with God? I think he's okay with us talking to him like that. As long as we're okay with what he's going to say back to us. And I was saying, why, what, when, and how? And he said, listen, when you get consistent in your prayers, you'll have consistent results. For me, most of the time that I would go to the Lord in prayer was when I needed something or when I was angry about something, or I had to have an answer. The truth is, is we have to be people that pray consistently and regularly. It's not something we have to do. It's something we get to do. Now, I like to read. I'm a a big reader. I like reading about people that had uh, the power of God in their life in a significant way somebody that had miracles in their life or had a great impact on a community or a society. And one of the guys that I love reading about is a guy named Smith Wigglesworth. Yes. And he was a plumber, a Methodist plumber who got filled with the Holy Ghost and, and almost instantaneously, he started having crazy miracles in his life. Crazy power showed up in his ministry and they would ask him, how, how is this power happening? They were, re- they were saying that he had raised nine people from the dead, including his own wife. He was, they would tell stories about him punching people in the stomach and, and cancer disappearing. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. And so inquisitive minds want to know, where's this power coming from? He said, it's simple. It comes through my connection through God, through prayer. Yeah. And they would say, well, man, you must pray like a long time. And he'd say, no, 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 it's not that, not, it's not that hard. He said, I never pray more than 10 minutes. <laughs> what? But I never go 10 minutes without praying. He was saying that I was con- he was consistent in his prayer on a daily basis, in a moment, in a, in a day, in a week, in a month. It was a habit for him, and that's where the source of his power came from. I want to encourage you. You're in a great church that we believe in the power of consistency. We believe in it so much. We want to help you set a new rhythm in your life to receive the power that comes when you pray. So come join us. 6 a.m, Monday through Friday, we're right here praying. If you don't have the morning time, come with us at noon. And for the next two Friday nights, we get together and we're not saying, "Hey, we'll pray for you, we encourage you, we'll pray with you. Listen, when you get consistent in your prayer time, you'll have consistent results in power showing up. The this, this scripture 1 Thessalonians 5:16 out of the amplified Bible says it this way: Rejoice always. Not just when things are good, not just when things are bad. Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in your prayers. In every situation, no matter what the circumstance, be thankful and continually give God thanks, for that's the way it's supposed to be done. Listen, if you only pray in bad times, there's not consistency in your life. If you only go to God when you need something, that's not a consistent prayer life. Yeah, the second thing that had to change for me to get power to show up, to get my prayers answered, to get what I was believing for, was it had to be intentional. Yeah. I remember as a teenager, we had a prayer night, kind of like we have on Friday nights, and I was sitting on the stage, and I was just kind of mumbo-jumbo through the rhythm, you know, hum ba and I was just kind of there, and my youth pastor came over and kicked my feet, and he said, hey, if it doesn't mean anything to you, it doesn't mean anything to him. That changed my life because I was just doing it out of rhythm, out of repetition. And then from that day forward, it became intentional. Intentional, I love this. It means, it means that it's voluntary, done on purpose, planned or prearranged. Listen, if your prayer life is intentional, it means you plan to do it. Here's a tip that I'm using as a new dad with two kids. My timing is everything. I don't have that much time, free time. So if I'm going to get the power I need, I have to time and plan and prearrange on purpose that I'm going to take time to pray every day. The second thing I had to do, the second thing I had to do to get intentional prayer to work for me was I had to listen more than I talked. I don't know about you, I like to talk. And most of my prayer time with me just talking. Hey, you need to fix this. Hey, what about that? And I began to hear the Lord say, if you'd shut up long enough, I got the answer you need. <laughs> Being intentional is making sure that this prayer life is two-way street. You talk to God and then you be quiet long enough for Him to give you the solution. Man, for some of you, I just gave you the key to power right there. Yeah. Shut your mouth. Open your ears. The third thing that I had to do for me, and I'm just trying to be real practical because I think sometimes we make this a big deal, is I had to pray God's word, not my emotions or how I felt. For a long season, I was praying how I felt. Don't you know how I feel? Can't you see what I'm going through? And things changed, power started showing up when I would go back to him and say, hey, I found this in your word, now what are you gonna do about it? Hey, your word says that I was healed. Your word says that I have favor. Your word says, and when I began to pray, pray from a place of power and position based on his word, man, everything changed for me. Yeah. Let me challenge you over the next two weeks at our conclusion of this 21 days, have prayer, be powerful because you're consistent and because you're intentional.
1: Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Let's thank our, thank you for our speakers. Thank you. Each one of them were powerful today. Wonderful. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet? And why don't we just for a moment receive all that we heard. We heard so many wonderful nuggets. Why don't you raise those hands towards heaven for just a moment Father, we just believe we receive what we heard today. It was exactly what we needed. Maybe all six communicators said something that was of great value to you. Maybe one more than the other. But, Father, we receive it by faith today. And in receiving it by faith, we commit ourselves to be people of prayer. We commit ourselves, Father God, to make a point to know father god we're not going to allow drama to lead us we're not going to allow a person place or thing to lead us we're not going to allow our anger and our resentment and our desire for revenge to lead us we're going to allow your spirit to lead us and we're going to tap into the power of prayer and if we're just brand new, we're going to pray for those few minutes, but they're going to be powerful few minutes. If we've been at this a little bit longer, we're going to get back to it, Father God, and, and and stretch ourselves a little bit and open up our hearts and allow the desperation and allow the Holy Spirit and allow our first position in prayer and allow us, Lord God, to walk in forgiveness and to be consistent and to be intentional, Father God. This could radically change our our lives. If we can right here in the beginning of this year, make a decision to choose prayer over our way, we choose your way. If that's your desire, just say that to him right now. Out of your own heart, whisper under your own breath and just begin to talk to him for a moment. This could be a turning point for you. This could be the tone that you set for the rest of your year right here right here in the beginning of the year father we're so grateful for what we heard today such practical truth that we could apply to our everyday lives and as your eyes are closed maybe you're here and you are a believer maybe you're not filled with the holy spirit i challenge you as we were challenged today to make sure that the power of the Holy Spirit, this wonderful prayer language, it belongs to you. It's a free gift. And the Holy Spirit wants to give it to you today. At the end of the service, we have prayer people that will be here at the end of the service that would love to pray with you so you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and leave here with your wonderful prayer language and 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 never pray alone again and turn the me into we and turn this into a cooperation partnership with God today if you're a believer and you've put praying in the Spirit on the shelf, man, pick it back up again, I promise you it'll change your life, be recommitted to praying in the Holy Spirit all over again you're here you'll say, Pastor, I don't know this Jesus. I want to know this Jesus. You're here, and we've been talking about prayer. There is a wonderful, simple prayer that we could pray today and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Jesus, your Savior, who died for you and shed his blood for you, he'll come into your heart. He'll forgive you from your sin. He'll give you the assurance that heaven is your home and give you a brand new beginning, a brand new start. What a way to start your year by making sure Jesus lives in your heart and He is Lord and Savior of your life. In each service today, we had individuals say yes to Jesus. People gave their hearts to Jesus today. It was wonderful and I wanna give you an opportunity to make sure Jesus lives in your heart. And if He doesn't, it's time for you to say yes. It's time for you to open up your hearts and be willing to do it God's way instead of your way. Every year you've done it your way. How's that work for you? It's time to let Jesus be the one that comes alongside and changes you from the inside out. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, not to embarrass you, not to make you stick out, but for you to say intentionally, here's my hand raised, Pastor. I want Jesus to live in my heart. I am ready to make that great decision. I want to come under His Lordship. I want to come under His rule and His authority. You're here and you say, Pastor, I need this Jesus today. Pray for me, please. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high so I know who you are. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. Thank you, God bless you. Who else? Raise it up high today amen it's your decision it's very personal thank you god bless you thank you god bless you who else thank you father you're so faithful yes thank you ushers i I see it thank you i see it thank you god bless you yes ma'am thank you god bless you yes sir thank you good for you yes i see it all the way back there god bless you good wonderful wonderful this is the miracle of all miracles is a brand new start in Christ. This is what it's all about. This is why we do church. To make sure you have the best start possible. Jesus will forgive you of your sin. He'll put you in brand new standing with Him. You become a brand new creation, the Bible says. Old things are passed away. All things become brand new. Oh, thank God for Jesus today. Anybody else before we pray? Thank you. God bless you. Good for you. Thank you. Good for you. Amen. Leave no doubt. Let there be no doubt in your heart. If there's any bit of doubt, get rid of it today and say yes to Jesus. Perhaps you're here as a believer and you say, I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. I know I'm on my way to heaven. I don't have all that God said belongs to me. I know I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like praying with one hand tied behind your back. Man, there's a whole nother realm of opportunity available to you. And if you're a believer, and you say, Pastor, I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit, but I want to be. I need to be. If that's you, raise your hand today. Anybody like that? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All over. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. I see them all. That's awesome today. And I believe that's God's will for you and the big next step for you in your prayer life as a believer. Let's all pray this prayer together and join us online, those of you that are watching today. Let's pray this simple prayer of faith today. All of us together, let's say this. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. heart. I'm desperate for you. you. I need you, Jesus. Forgive me from my sin. sin. I denounce my past, and I desire to live for you all the days of my life I declare you as my Lord and I come under your Lordship you be in charge I receive by faith forgiveness salvation eternal life I love you thank you for loving me in Jesus name amen amen God bless you have a great afternoon
0: thanks for listening To stay connected, check out intlfamilychurch.com or follow us on Instagram. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.